everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. I'm Jonathan, your host, and here at Redbeard Outdoors, I talk about faith, family, fitness, and the outdoors because those are four pillars in my life that I am applying to become a better version of me each and every day. And I hope to share that journey with you as we continue moving forward through life. We want to be the best versions of ourselves. And so I'm just sharing conversations like today on Saturday. I get to have some awesome guests about an hour long or so that we talk, share with you uh, their tools, tips, tricks, etc. Whether they're experts in their field, all the way to people like you and me that just enjoy the outdoors, faith, family, fitness, or all of the above. And on Tuesdays, we have Tinkering Tuesdays. So Tinkering Tuesdays are gear reviews, mindset, etc. And I have some amazing things coming for you in 2024 that I'm already planning and really excited to share with you. Today's podcast is brought to you by First Form and First Form Outdoors. At this point, when the podcast comes out, you will have one day left a day and a half, or maybe two days, uh, basically 11.59 p.m. Central Standard Time on December 3rd to be able to get your time in for the November Knockdown Challenge. If you're not in on that, I definitely recommend you go and get in on that. It's one workout a week, every week for the month of November. You're able to win prizes, possibly win a chance to go out and compete over at headquarters in St. Louis at First Form. And also, guys, right now, uh, being Christmas time, the peppermint bark is back as a flavor. Trust me, they are the best level one bars, protein bars out there. They're one of my favorite flavors by far. And the level one protein powder, which is your whey powder, that could be a snack replacement, meal replacement. It's a little bit thicker than our isolate, which is Formula One. Go check out peppermint bark Guys, on top of that, if you don't like it, it's a 110% money back guarantee. I don't know any other company that does 110% money back guarantee. So definitely go check it out over at the link down below. Go save some money by saving on shipping with the link down below at First Form. Go grab you some snacks, some protein powders, some pre-workout if you're into that, energy drinks, gear, apparel, there's tons of stuff going on right now, guys. If you have any questions, reach out to me via email, shoot me a message on Instagram, whatever it may be. But with that being said, let's get into the conversation with Riley T. Jack. Riley is an amazing individual. She has crushed her journey, her fitness journey up to this point. She is a bobsled athlete for the U.S. team and many other things going on as well as she is in the U.S. military as a Marine. She is an officer in the Marines. We're going to go into that story and how she applies faith to all of her aspects of life in her career, in her fitness, and more. Couldn't be more excited to share this story with you guys, so definitely tune in and let me know what you think by leaving a review down below. Let's get into this conversation with Riley T. Jack. Hey everybody, welcome back. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've got an amazing guest for you guys today. Uh, we have an Olympic athlete in our midst, and there's a couple of friends that I have that have competed in the Olympics, and man, it takes such a high level of competition, but Riley T. Jack, who's a captain in the Marines, which that in and of itself is a huge accomplishment, captain or pilot of the bobsled team for the U.S. Olympics. So all of those things are super high level, 
That's really what uh, drew me to the content that you were putting out, Riley. And uh, just th- those are some amazing accomplishments. And you're not you're not old. You're in your 20s. So like that, that's a lot. That's a lot to accomplish in a short amount of time. Uh, so obviously you're you're an individual who likes to accomplish things at a high level. So I wanted to bring you on just to kind of talk about how you found success. Why bobsledding? I know nothing about bobsledding other than you guys go stupid fast and uh, and. I, I don't know, water slides for me are already pretty fast. So you guys go a lot faster than that. Uh, but anyway, who are you, Riley, in a nutshell, for those that don't know who you are? Yeah, well, first off, thank you so much for having me on. Um, just a couple things I just want to quickly clarify. Um, I am not an Olympian yet. Um, Lord willing, I will be. Um, I am on track. I've been on the national team, so I've been on the highest ranking team, competed in world championships. Um, but the Olympics are only every four years. I was way too young for the last one. Uh, and, you know, hoping and, and Lord willing will be on maybe the team in, in 2026. Um, but yeah, a little bit about me for sure. I am, so I am 26. We're talking about my age. Let's get it out there. <laughs> I'm 26 years old. I'm a captain of the United States Marine Corps uh, stationed right now in Quantico, Virginia. And in addition, I'm also a member of Team USA Bobsled as a pilot, as mentioned. Um, I absolutely love this sport. This was not my first sport. I was actually a college softball player. Um, I played softball my whole life and transitioned to the sport recently. Um, In addition, I was Miss Military 2023, so I guess I still am um, as the year's continuing on and flying by. And then last fun fact, um, my mom and I was on a game show and um, we end up winning in March. So that has already been out. So it's old news. But I like to wear a lot of hats. I like to do a lot of crazy things. And I'm really excited to talk to you guys today. Yeah, now that that's even more adding to the resume right there. And, and being 26. I mean, that's most 26 year old resumes is like flipping burgers and a half done degree in college, you know, <laughs> so, I mean, that's, that's impressive. That's awesome. Uh, so let's, let's get started with, I mean, you were an athlete your whole life and I didn't know, I don't even know how do you get started into bobsledding? Um, it looks like an adrenaline rush. Uh, I don't know if I would, I don't, I don't know if I would ever do it. Like I said, that's stupid fast, how you guys are, are racing. And, um, but you started with softball. Uh, what position did you play in softball? I was middle infield, but I like to be able to say I could do anything but pitch and catch really. So freshman year, they kind of threw me everywhere, but traditionally I recognize myself as a middle infielder. Nice. Very nice. Well, so then you, you played college athletics as a softball player. And then how did you get into bobsledding? Like how, I, I don't see the jump there. I don't see the bridge. How does that happen? Yeah, bobsledding is a very extreme sport. Um, We are going extremely fast. You know, the women will go 90 miles an hour. The men will go up to 100 miles an hour. And that's not something to take lightly, right? That's not like driving in a car. You're open. You're you're feeling it. A bunch of G-forces, four to five Gs. Studies have shown 40 plus Gs in a crash. So this isn't a sport that we necessarily want young children to do, (laughs) which is why there's not really – um, an entry level for children and which is why people don't really grow up bobsledding because of just the severity and what it takes. It's a very violent, aggressive sport. Um, every one of my teammates and I on Team USA has gotten into the sport from all different paths, but almost all of us have had different sports. A lot of us come from the track and field background. A lot of us come from football. Um, mine was softball. I'm not the only softball player, but anything that we see of like power output and speed. 
if you can mesh those two together, that's kind of what bobsled looks for. You look for heavy individuals that can lift a lot of weight quickly, but also push and run efficiently. So it's a 400 pound bobsled that you have to sprint and take off with and have a lot of explosive power. So how I got involved, you know, I'm a very strong Christian. I love to say the Lord kind of led me here. Um, but when I played softball, it was at George Washington, um, which is where the five-time Olympic medalist, Alana Myers-Taylor, also played softball. Her jersey was retired. We knew all about her. After the 2018 games when she won silver in Pyeongchang, she had come to GW. I actually presented her an award and got these butterflies in my stomach of like, wow, like in another life, I would be a bobsledder. But I already had my trajectory set, what I thought was, you know, going to the Marine Corps. And I wanted to give everything I had into that because I knew, especially being a female, you know, it was not going to be easy and I needed to give everything I had to it. So I, you know, hung up my cleats after my last college softball game in 2019 and pursued the Marine Corps, finished the basic school, um, MOS school for logistics got sent to Camp Pendleton. And once I was there, it was COVID. And I just, I had achieved every single goal that I set for myself. And I was really stuck on what was next. And long story short, bobsled had a tryout. I saw it through Alana and I just said, why not? And I just took a risk and um, I started training, training, <laughs> training for it. Um, just started lifting heavy again because I really, after softball, made myself lean to be a Marine um, and submitted a video and said, is this enough? Hmm. Wow. That's crazy. So, all right. There's a lot that, that you bring up there. Uh, <laughs> so first off, George Washington, and again, I don't watch uh, even college baseball or softball, but I know, I know of George Washington from basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up in North Carolina. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, so growing up watching the Tar Heels, I'm still Tar Heels boy through and through. Um, and so I know, I know about the basketball team is a softball team competitive nationally. I mean, I know George Washington's a great university, mm-hmm. so I imagine so. Yeah. So when I actually was selecting this university, I was more drawn to them academically because of how high this institution is, is valued from an academic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, when I was actually recruited, they were a losing team. And I'm very drawn to places where they're like, hey, you could be an impact player. Mm. And that's what it was. Um, My freshman year, we actually ended up making our conference tournament, which a lot of times was a hit or miss. We were the sixth seed to get in the last seed. And then we finished my senior year in 2019 as the first time ever for co-winning a conference championship. Wow. I have to say co in there. We really, we won, but it was a co-win because of uh, a rain delay. But I mean, we flipped it around in four years. Um, So I'm not going to say by no means are we ever a top 25 team, but we compete against top 25 teams and sometimes really hold our own, sometimes had beat people. Um, But again, I think the draw for that university is drawing people academically. That's why I decided to go there. I knew that, well, I assumed that my athletic career would end after college. So I wanted to be very... um, like I wanted to be very intentional on where I decided to go to school to set me up for success after. Gotcha. No, that makes sense. And I assume you played softball in high school. You didn't mm-hmm. just pick it up in college. I mean, yeah. you kind of have a habit of doing that, you know, boxing, <laughs> you just picked it up out of nowhere and you know, now you're working on becoming an Olympian, but, uh, and, and so, all right. So college softball, high degree there. Um, you wanted to go into the Marines. What, what attracted you to the Marines? I know from a, 
man perspective, why a lot of men, men do it. I know my dad and I have talked about that a lot. Um, he was like, he told me flat out the reason why he did it was because they had the best looking uniforms. Um, that's pretty much it. He was like, they got the, they dress up the best. Uh, they look the best. They're the most badass guys out there. And so from a man's perspective, I get that. But looking at that, like that's not naturally something a woman would want to get into. Um, basically a locker room scenario. And so who, who, or I guess why the Marines? Yeah. I mean, you can't deny we do have the best uniforms. I think um, yeah. that oh, is yeah. definitely a common thing, but for me, it was the same thing. You know, I, I tell people all the time, I never wanted to be a Marine because I never saw a female Marine. I never saw women in the military, period. I mean, I grew up in Indiana, um, so there's not really any major military bases around. So that wasn't something that was very common. And I met a Marine recruiter my freshman year, um, knowing I went to D.C. to, like, going to, I was from Indiana, going to D.C. was, I wanted to be around the political, like, capital of the world, right? Like I wanted to know what was going on. I wanted to be involved. And so I never thought that I would be serving in the military. I always thought I would be supporting. So when I met a Marine recruiter and he's like, actually, Riley, you know, you have a lot of these things that we're looking for. You know, there is only five to 8% of women are officers in Marine Corps. Like you would be an impact impact player. You would be able to come in and like be someone, um, that people maybe don't think that you're like, for example, um, how I conduct myself like being feminine and how I look and stuff may not be the perceived mold of women in the military. And I'm able to kind of go into that field and then ultimately, you know, serving my country and being in the Marine Corps was they were the biggest, the baddest and, and the best with the highest physical fitness standards, the highest like mental fortitude that is possible. We have the less, the least amount of things and we're expected to be the best. And when they say the few, the proud, like, that, that meant something to me. And so I immediately was up for the challenge. That tends to be a theme in my life. Um, <laughs> I like to enter spaces where there's not a lot of people and try to bring light and awareness and, and populate that, you know, not yeah. to say, well, I did it, but to say, if I did it, you can do it. And here's, here's why. You know, they have a term for people like that and it's called trailblazers. I don't know if you've heard that before. Oh, I love but, it. I do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's you definitely have that that mentality of, hey, and and maybe you're not the first to do it, but you're also um someone who's making the path wider, you know, mm -hmm. than the, maybe the first women that were in the Marines as officers or whatever it may be. Uh, you have that kind of that growth mindset, which is awesome. And um again, and I I keep bringing this up because there's so many and I'm I'm only 31, you know, so we're within a couple of years, but there's so many people in our, in our generation, in our age group between mid, mid twenties, mid thirties that I don't know what exactly, it is. I have an idea of what has caused it, but basically mm -hmm. there's a lot of uh, laid back people that are like, eh, you know, it is what it is relying on the government for this, that, and the other, and not really pushing to make things better. And you seek that out. And that's, that's definitely commendable that, that you go about doing that and you look for the challenges mm. and you head them on and then you, you know, you make the situation better. So that's, that's really awesome. And, uh, yes, Marines definitely have the best uniforms. Like that is 100%. Again, my dad's got his theories on that. I won't say that on the podcast, but, uh, <laughs> he's got, he's got his reasons for why that is. Uh, but anyway, that that's awesome. So you go in as an officer for logistics, mm -hmm. Uh, which in and of itself is a very complicated uh, situation. And then you, so you apply to become, or for the bobsled team. I mean, 
was your video, I mean, you said it was a lot of uh, weightlifting, but was your video like going out on a hill, running as fast as you can with a sled and like jumping, you know, to, to <laughs> slide down the hill? Like, I mean, I, how do you show that you can run with a sled, pushing a sled? And, sorry, is it called a sled? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So pushing a sled for the 30 meters that you're running as fast as you can and then hopping into it, hoping to hit the seat and flying 90 miles an hour down this course that looks like, I mean, again, you could fly off at any minute. Uh, how do you, how do you demonstrate that in a, in a video? Yeah. So, I mean, basically what we're looking for is very similar to an NFL combine. We're just looking for, are you able to move weight quickly? Are you able to sprint? And do you maybe have the grit and the mindset to be in a, in a violent sport, a sport that doesn't have a lot of money, you're not going to get fame. Uh, and the Olympics is a possibility, but it, it's, it's one very few actually get mm -hmm. to see to fruition. Um, and so we showed a lot of sprint videos because they get tell this, we need this. So I was able to give them that. So sprinting, lifting about you, um, a kind of fun of your prior sport, like a highlight. Um, and then that was just like the first phase to get an invitation to even try the sport. Um, and so what we do is we look for athletes that were previously in these other sports that have a lot of power output and say, Hey, could this work? A lot of times it doesn't, sometimes it does. And so I just was one of those where it's stuck and I'm too stubborn enough to give it up, I guess. Yeah. So basically, do you have the building blocks that they can mold into whatever they need uh, from from you as a bobsledder? And I, I would agree, bobsledding definitely doesn't get a lot of fame. One, you're wearing a, a helmet that's covering your face. So you don't even really get to see who you are. You just see mm -hmm. people running as fast as they can with a sled and then they zoom by the camera. You know, that's really like, that's it. Uh, and so you're definitely not going into it for that reason. Uh, it just still, it, it, it blows my mind that, that that's what you chose. Like it just, you don't think bobsledding for some reason, you don't think Olympics and bobsledding. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. anyway, the, the, the fact that you, you put that together and like you said, and I, I'm a firm believer in this as well, that doors open and I, you know, the other thing too is that doors might open for you and something that I've come to realize recently with some some decisions I've had to made, uh, make with the business and other things going forward is um, sometimes there's two doors that open or that are unlocked for you. And one, they're both good, but mm -hmm. one's better. Mm -hmm. And and the Lord will sit there and, and I feel like he almost plays games with me a little bit. And he's like, all right, here they are. You choose. And, you know, you go through, you, you do your prayers, you you meditate on it and, and things like that. And he's still like, well, they're both here. They're both great options, but I'm going to let you choose, you know? And, I uh, felt that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And you, you've, you've continuously made these choices that have put you on this path. So, so we get into bobsledding and then they tell you that you need to bulk up basically. Mm -hmm. And, and so for people that don't understand uh, the military and the Marines, you know, <laughs> this isn't like, you're, you're not trying to be a desk officer basically like where you're sitting behind the scenes and you've got a gut and you're just chilling relaxing you're actually putting in the work and and doing everything you can to excel at your pt tests and everything else that you need for your job so you've leaned out because you're expected to do pull-ups you're expected to run which you don't want to carry weight whether it's muscle or fat people also don't understand that 
uh, that whatever weight you're carrying on your body still weighs you down when you're running, even if it is more muscle, it's not going to help when you're trying to run, you know, longer distances and be an endurance athlete, which is what the Marines are requiring. So now they're telling you to bulk up about 20 pounds. So walk us through that. Um, I guess that experience. Yeah. So, you know, I felt like my whole life was ever since college was a lot of ups and downs and trying to figure out what made sense for my body. Being a college softball player, you know, mass moves mass. And the more I have, the more I can put emphasis with my hip rotation into the ball. Um, however, I quickly learned with the Marine Corps, you know, a three mile run, uh, is like the minimum <laughs> of what you have to do for your physical fitness test, you know, and then you have to be able to do for a woman right now, 12 pull-ups and a three forty-five minute plank. That's our standardized test. That's not what's required to be in combat. That's not our PT that we have every day. That's just like our minimal test that, that you have to be evaluated in. And so I quickly realized like, okay, when you're, like you said, when you're running, the more weight you have, period, the harder it is. And for me, I've always had a lot of weight in my, in my legs because of softball to get that hip rotation and everything. So I had to quickly realize that I was the heaviest my freshman year and I quickly lost weight, which didn't help me for softball, but made me better for the Marine Corps. And again, that was my goal at the time. So I finally slimmed down to maybe like 150 and felt really good about it. Cause again, I'm able to pull my weight. I, you know, I'm not like sticking bones. I'm very lean and, and strong, but with my body weight. And then I got on the phone with a bobsled coach and he's like, uh, wait, how much do you weigh? And I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm five, seven, 150. And he's like, uh, we got, we got girls that are, you know, five, seven to five eleven, about one eighty five, And I'm like, one eighty five, And you know, and I, <laughs> I look at these women and you know, when you hear one eighty five, you might think as a female, that's, that's, that's maybe fat. No, like they are freaking oxens. Like they are just like powerhouses, like horsepower, everything you can think of. And I was like, wow, I, I have a way to go. And so what was hard for me is in the Marine Corps, you know, I have a weight that's my maximum and it's 166. And so part of it's like, yeah, you just have to eat more. Um, but it's taken me what, two to three years to really get to where I'm at right now, which is 170. And it's this game I have to play with myself of like, I bulk up in season. And then when I have to do my military test, naturally that weight falls off and I can't lift heavy. I can't squat heavy. You know, I can't do these things because what's required of me. And so my body every year is changing and I won't even lie to you. Like it's exhausting. Um, mm -hmm. you know, right now I'm in the phase where I'm my heaviest and I know by the time March rolls around, I have to drop you know, 10 pounds, change my conditioning completely. And then when all my bobsledder athletes get to maintain and just build what they have, I have to start over again. And like, <laughs> I tell people this all the time. I'm like, the Marine Corps does not mesh very well with what bobsled requires of you. Now, what's great about it is I'm very strong. So in our combat fitness tests, if we were to go to combat and, and you were even to get shot, I am fully confident that you at your weight, I can throw you over and, and move with you because I squat so much because I'm, I'm used to like having to quickly move heavy weight and, mm -hmm. and move it from a distance. Um, but for right now, that's not what they require. So I know the Marine Corps is moving in the direction of being like, hey, our height and weight standards are a little out of date, but that doesn't mean that what's required of me is easier at this weight. So Long story short, all just to say, it is an, it's a struggle every year. I go sometimes to a very dark place when I have to go from like this weight back down. And then when I see where I'm, then I'm light again. And I see where everyone else is, how hard it is to work back up to that. Um, and injuries and, and stuff that, that come along with quick 
weight gain and weight loss, um, ultimately in different kind of training styles, right? So bobsled wants me to be a lot more, uh, short distance running, quick, powerful, explosive, heavy weights. And the Marine Corps is like, Hey, let's move your own body weight, long distances, be leaned out to carry yourself, you know, just like quick side story. Pull-ups was never a problem for me. Uh, when I was lighter and now I'm 170, I used to be able to put like a 50 pound dumbbell between my legs and just mm. knock them out. I can't do that because I'm carrying half of it now. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that was like a big ego thing of like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm heavier, but I'm still able to do this, but I can't add what I used mm -hmm. to because a lot of the weights in my lower half, but it's good. Yep. No, yeah, I, I definitely understand that it's more, so it almost goes from, I mean, it is Olympic lifting, uh, and power lifting mm -hmm. style to calisthenics, basically. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it, they're two opposite ends of the spectrum, uh, that, that can, I could see that being really difficult. Now, do you naturally put on weight easy or lose weight easy? I naturally lose weight easy. So even mm. in the season when we're training, um, it just, it comes off so fast. But I mean, part of that's the sport, right? Like I'm in yeah. the winter, so your body's working 10 times hard to keep itself warm. You know, we always miss lunch because we always are training during then. Um, and, and when we're overseas in Europe, it's actually really hard to gain weight in other countries. You know, I think it's something to do with our food here. I won't even lie to you. Um, but I've noticed in Europe, just the way they eat, what they eat, it's, it's, it's hard to actually put the weight. So all of us try to bulk up and be as heavy as possible because we know the second that we're overseas competing, we, in, we actually tend to lose without even trying. Yeah. Um, no. But yeah, it's taken me years to get up to here, which is why like, I really celebrated the day I hit 170. I never thought I would see that on a scale. But mind you, I'm still light because I'm still competing against girls that are 185. Mm -hmm. You know, one of my teammates here is 187. Like, they still have 17 pounds on me, and mass moves mass. So that 400-pound sled to me is still heavier than what it is for my, you know, my opponents. Yeah. No, wait. The sled is 400 pounds? Yes. Wow. All right. I didn't even think to ask that. To me, it just looks like some sheet metal over like a sled that you ride, you know, in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's a little bit more than that, but <laughs> close. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's man, 400 pounds. So you got two people, right? Um, yep. in a bobsled mm -hmm. pushing 400 pounds, sprinting as hard as you can, mm -hmm. and then having to hop in and be precise about getting in your seat. Yep. Um, man, that's, that's crazy. And I can see why they would want you to bulk up for that because, again, that's going to allow you to, to travel faster as well going down the track. Not only – and I guess, yeah, starting the bobsled is, yeah. is probably another big big deal too. Huh. And that, that blows my mind. I didn't realize it was 400 pounds. That's a lot of weight to move. Yeah, um, and I mean it's on ice, so it's moving easier, right? But, I mean, still, it's yeah. sometimes you hit it and uh, it knocks you back a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I could see that, <laughs> man. And then uh, the other thing too is, so you, do you have someone that is your nutritionist or like as, as part of the team, do they provide that? Or do you have a personal one that you deal with? Yeah. You know, we're really blessed and fortunate. Um, team USA has a lot of resources and stuff for us. Um, we do have dietitian nutritionists here. Um, I, kind of take my own approach, which is probably I'm admitting is not the best thing. Um, to do. I, I've worked with them in the past. So I've had conversations, I've had calls, but I'm not following a specific plan per se. Um, I, I just want to be very cautious as a female and been teammates in my past of like what it can do to count calories and, and mm. 
over journal your meals. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. For me in the community that I've been in, I've seen a lot of eating disorders and stuff from it. So I just try to protect my peace in that way. Um, I have good conversations with a nutritionist about, hey, you know, what are good meals? What are good ways of making sure I need protein? What do I really need? And how many calories roughly should I have? Um, so I have these conversations, but I try to be very um, not kind to myself on not limiting myself yeah. too much or overanalyzing it because I am a data nerd and I'm very fearful <laughs> of what would happen sometimes if I if I did that. But we do have a bunch of resources here. Even the Marine Corps um, has a bunch of resources and they've offered help and stuff like that. So I've have I do do um, body composition often, just like hey, curious, like where am I at? What does this look like in different parts of the season and stuff like that? But I try not to over um analyze that too much yeah okay no that that makes sense and and i've kind of wondered recently uh especially working with with first form um and and talking to people most of the people that i work with and talk to about nutrition are men uh, but mm. the women in my life i kind of tread a fine line because i'm like i don't know if i, I don't know why but i feel like women are more susceptible to eating disorders yeah than than men um, mm -hmm. and so for me, it's nothing to say, Hey, you know, I step on the scale every single, when I'm, when I have a goal in mind, I step on the scale every single day, I measure out my calories, my protein, my water. Like I'm again, like you're saying the data nerd, I love going over that and, and seeing, okay, well, you know, maybe I held more water here. So I need to do this. And it yeah. doesn't translate to me as, um, becoming a, like an obsessive mm. problem. Um, and, and so whenever I do talk to, whether it be my, my daughter-in-law, well, not even my daughter-in-law, it's more my, my son, I'm trying not to trigger my daughter-in-law's, you know, mind of becoming obsessed about, it. I don't know why that is. Um, and that, that would probably be a whole nother podcast, but uh, <laughs> that, that, that's a, that's a good point that you don't want to cause a problem. Um, and if it works for you, it works for you. Right. Uh, for some people like me. I can't necessarily do that. I'm the opposite end where I put on weight easy. I put on muscle and fat really mm -hmm. easily. So when I'm trying to trim down, I have to work kind of like the way you have to work to gain the, the weight back. Um, and so, yeah. Anyway, that nutrition yeah. is a whole nother. I could, I could go on for hours about that. That's it's a yeah, fun, the only thing topic. Yeah. That I want to like, just like lastly touch on that is like, I think yeah. women need to talk about it. Um, you mm -hmm. know, I, like uh, your, that's your supplement company. My supplement company is Jocko. I take supplements. I I'm very intentional about what Great I put company. on my body. It's just, um, it's just how you go about it. You just gotta, you just gotta see what works for an individual person. And so for me, I just mm -hmm. know that I want to protect my piece a little bit more, but I'm maybe the only female that gets excited about weight gain that I know of, <laughs> you know, I step on the scale and I get excited and people are like, you want to gain weight? I'm like, yes. Um, but you know, it, it, it all depends right on way. what people's goals are. That, Correct. That's the thing too, is, Correct. is that you're, you're doing body composition. I know you're showing a number of 170, but you know, and, and I don't know, I'm sure you do talk to people that ask you about mm -hmm. it, um, yeah. a little bit more in depth, but you know, the body composition thing is that when I talk to people, it's such an easy interchangeable word to say weight and fat. Yeah. And say, I want to lose weight when in reality, you don't want to lose weight. You don't want to lose muscle mass. If you're, even if you're a woman, which I argue with my wife about this quite a bit, I'm like, babe, I want you to keep your muscle. If you're trying to lose weight, then yeah. you're, you're looking to lose fat. You're not looking to right. lose muscle. Right. Right. And so the body and the same thing, vice versa, when you're trying to gain weight, it'd be super easy for you to go and eat 10 Big Macs a day. And yeah. like, you could gain weight, right? I'm sure anyone yeah. could gain weight. But it's more of the healthy weight gain that you're excited about because you're actually putting on lean muscle. 
and maybe a little bit of fat with that because that's just natural with eating more calories than you burn. But um, the lean muscle is is what you're what you're mainly focused on, which I think, and I would agree with you 100% on that. Somehow getting the education out there that it's a tool, not something that you should become obsessed with per se. Like the scale is a tool. The mirror is a tool. If you don't have yeah. a body composition test available, um, you can take pictures for yourself and you can see over the span of a month, the changes that have happened. Um, body composition tests are another thing. If you've got that available to you, that works really well. Um, all of those things are tools and shouldn't yeah. be looked at as good or bad. They're, it's just like it's just like a firearm, right? Mm -hmm. It's neither good or bad. It's an inanimate object. It depends on who's using it, right? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so I, could, I couldn't agree. Data. Yeah, but I couldn't agree you, more. But for you, if it works, again, things that work, stick to them. Blueprint it, you know? Um, I talk about blueprinting a lot because that, that word seems to encompass a lot of things, whether it be, again, diet, nutrition, and fitness. Mm -hmm. If you find something that works for you, write it down, screenshot it, whatever. And that's your blueprint for what works for you. And my blueprint isn't going to work for you, Riley, and isn't going to work for someone else, right? Just right. Like your blueprint isn't going to work for the girl that's 187 pounds and is actually maybe fighting to keep the weight off so that she can stay at that. Yeah. And I think this just goes back. And I know this isn't where we're trying to go with this, but knowing that everybody is different and that's a good mm -hmm. thing. It's not saying a bad thing. And just because that's my journey of gaining weight, my teammates don't have that problem. And I think knowing your body, there's not one diet plan. There's not one nutritionist. There's not one supplement company that's going to work for everybody. And so I just really challenge people to know your body and that mm -hmm. everybody, literally everybody, everybody yeah. is different and not something to, it's like part of the puzzle. You know, and I can share what worked for me. You can share what's worked for you. Maybe that works for someone else. Maybe it doesn't. And so it's like a fun to me. It's like so fun because I'm a nerd, right? It's such a fun yeah. puzzle to figure out like, okay, this didn't work for you, but this worked for me. And like, what does this mean? And all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Nope. I'm on board with you hundred percent. And, uh, and yes, there's definitely other, you know, I, I know you work with Jocko Fuel mm -hmm. and uh, they're a great company, American company. Um, I love Origin, which he's a part yeah. of as well. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's awesome, um, to see that there's good, clean companies out there rather than just, I know, you know, and you probably remember the other companies that are out there, you don't hear about them a lot anymore. I don't know if that's cause I work with first form. So all the other stuff's blocked out. I'm not sure, but you know, you, you grow up with the gold standard whey protein from Costco or from, you know, all of those things. And, and you realize when you start working with good companies, um, and using the clean products, how much of a difference that can make, uh, and, and be in your nutrition, you know? Yeah. Um, and that it is supplementation. It's not replacement. Yes. Right? It's, it's oh, to help. Yep. It's yeah. That's the other Get thing out of my too. mouth. Yeah, exactly. It's, and, and I, I, you know, people come to me and they'll ask, you know, what, what are you taking? And I'm like, well, I'm going to ask you a question back. What are your goals? Mm -hmm. And then I'm also going to ask you to track your food for a week. If you want to work with me. And then I'm going to see where your holes are in your nutrition and we'll try and plug them. And if, if you can't, then we'll supplement, which is what it's for. I'm not just yep. going to tell you to go take a pre-workout, take this stack, take that, take this, take that. It's education behind it. That's, you know, a bigger deal than just trying to peddle some, you know, some protein powder. So Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. 
This show is brought to you by PSE Archery. Guys, I'm telling you, these bows are outstanding. Go check them out at your local dealer, PSE Archery. We've also got First Form and First Form Outdoors. Guys, amazing supplementation, but more than that, the education behind it so that you can achieve your goals. Definitely check out First Form Outdoors. Link down below to get free shipping over $75. Montana Knife Company, knives that are made by hunters for hunters. Guys, they're workhorses, I'm telling you. Montana Knife Company knives, definitely go check them out. Black Ovis, use code REDBEARD10. You guys will save some money on already amazing prices over there at Black Ovis. They have some outstanding gear, whether it's their brand or some of the brands that they carry. Definitely go check them out. Go grab your new pair of Krispies over there as well. Initial Ascent, best backpacks on the market. All in digiscoping. Guys, there's a bino adapter now as well as the spotting adapter. Highly recommend it. Quick acquisition, simple, and it's high quality. Definitely go check them out. A3 Archery Bowstrings, Cryptech, Kestrel Glassing Systems, Dark Energy, Go Ruck. Guys, if you want to up your game with your training, definitely go check out Go Ruck. Use code REDBEARD10 over there to save some money. Sheep Feet Custom Orthotics, MyMedic, Canvas Cutter, Affect Beard Oil, Joy Bees, The Bow Hitch, Alpen Fuel, Heather's Choice, and The Crazy Elk Company. Guys, all of those companies that I partnered up with, I use the gear and I want you to be able to get the best prices possible. Check out any links down below and any codes that will save you some money are always in the show notes. So go check them out, guys. Support the channel, support the partners. Thank you so much for your support. And now let's get back to the conversation. Yeah, so that's awesome. Um, okay, so kind of deviated on that. But man, I'm telling you, fitness and nutrition, I could talk all day. I love it. I geek out about it. Um, I'm not technically certified in really anything, but wanted to be a PT. Been there. Love that. But anyway, uh, back to bobsledding. So you are moving a sled, 400-pound sled, with one other female that's weighing roughly 180, right? So combined, you guys are not even the, the weight of the sled. Correct. Correct. <laughs> combined. And, and you're running as fast as you can for 30 meters on ice, which, mm -hmm. again, running on ice, is a, that just blows my mind, too. Do you have cleats? Is that spikes or... Yeah, we have spikes that have a hundred little small, basically like, like toothpicks. Hmm. What they okay. look like? Um, like and off shoes, but more. They're very expensive, and they like no one makes them because there's very few bobsledders. Um, hmm. yeah. But yeah, they they keep us from falling at least. Hmm. Man, that's interesting. <laughs> like I'm just learning so much right now. Uh, so okay, so you're pushing this bobsled, you get up to speed, you hop in, and what are the seats like? Like, are they just like a wood like bench? Or like, like <laughs> you know, do you have seat belts? You don't have time to put yeah. a seatbelt on. Like, no, there, yeah. yeah, there's no seatbelt. Um, you would assume it's 2023 that this would be extremely advanced technology. It's not. Um, I don't. There's not really a seat. <laughs> you know, when I jump in, I'm sitting on the floor of the bobsled, the carbon fiber, mm -hmm. and I have a little, um, I guess like plastic. I guess recliner <laughs> that's just a little piece of fabric <laughs> that I can at least like push into, um, when I'm grabbing control and then my brake woman behind me, um, you know, th there's nothing for them, but little handles for them to hold on to, you know, it's, uh, it's all about being aerodynamic. 
Um, it's all about being quick. Yeah, the safety is paramount, but we we push the limits. Um, say, yeah, so there's paramount. They say that. I feel like that's a catchphrase or something that they. It's say a military thing. Sound, yeah, yeah, but it it just doesn't it doesn't sound very safe. A, a slab of carbon fiber with you rocketing at 90 miles an hour down ice yeah i mean there's a bunch of injuries that come from it the crashes are nasty um but there's definitely you know two-sided right like there's certain things about it that are unsafe there's things that we're doing in every single measurable possible to make sure that they are safe but when you have extreme sports especially in the winter olympics there are such extreme sports that are inherently dangerous um, and that's what makes them fun and awesome to watch. But that's what, as a, as a competitor, you know, you have to take that with a grain of salt. And especially in this sport, you know, there are a lot of head injuries, head and neck injuries. Mm. How can we prevent concussions? How can we keep advanced technology in our helmets and be as safe as possible with what we have and what we know works and what, and what the sport really is. And it's come a long way from when it originated. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's not like this is a life or death sport, but I mean, season injuries, season ending injuries exist. Um, and like, you know, I've been, I've been hit and knocked out a couple times, but, uh, it's a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, and when you're competing at such a high level and there's so much output, um, it, it, it almost blows my mind just taking a step back and thinking about any sports you've ever competed in, or even for the main listeners that I have are uh, hunters and um, people that get out in the outdoors. And there's been some times where I go out for a hike and then I get in a spot and I just kind of look, I'm like, Hmm, how do I get back? Like, I know how to get back, but that was easier coming down. Or usually it's the other way. It's easier going up than it is going down because there's not really any traction going down and uphill. I can crawl on all fours. Right. So like there's things like that that it's like it blows my mind that there aren't more injuries I guess in uh, the human body whenever mm-hmm. you push it to its limits um, and and maybe it's just because like in in the Olympics and uh, when you're training a national team a lot of people cover up injuries because they still want to compete and they push through it because and I don't I don't blame people that do. Um, for not wanting to talk about it because you're at such a high level, you've worked your butt off your entire life to get there. Um, but it can still be, it can, it can be a a difficult thing to accept. You know, uh, you were mentioning before that there's people on that, you know, um, that, that have had that pushing through hamstring injuries and other things like that. And I, you get a Charlie horse when you're sitting down at a desk and it hurts like crap, like, (laughs) you know, um, and and you're uh, you're kind of dealing with something yourself right now. I don't know if yeah. you want to delve into that a little bit, but um, yeah, absolutely. I think you know professional sport, and as you get older, right, like your body just transitions. And what we talked about earlier today is you know putting on different weight, go, adapting to a new sport, um, changing your body. There's inherent risk that occurs with that. And so kind of for me and what a lot of my teammates are dealing with is just overuse injuries. Really. We see a lot of hamstring, a lot of, um, for me, I'm dealing with a foot injury. A lot of it's just because you're running, sprinting, jumping six, seven times a week, um, with maximum volume, uh, trying to push very heavy objects when maybe you, your body doesn't have the foundation from youth of doing this particular sport. And Mm -hmm. what you talked about is, is very true. I think 
when people have a goal and a dream of something they want to accomplish, I see it in the Marines too. We will hide signals that our body is truly in pain um, because we have goals and we know that we can't slow down. And the hard part is, and you know, something that I'm dealing with right now with, with my foot injury is if maybe if I would have listened to my body, um, I could have prevented it. However, what makes us unique as Marines, as bobsled athletes, is the grit that we push through and we persevere, um, what we perceive as weakness. And maybe that's being away from our families. Maybe that's sacrificing career decisions to do something that most people will never even know that you're doing in the first place. Um, let alone, you know, our bodies being like, no, we can push harder. And there's times when you need to be able to slow down. Um, there's times when you do need to push through, oh, this hurts versus no, like this is, this is painful. There's a difference between soreness and injury, right? Pain, soreness. There's a little bit of, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure that out and no one knows it, but you. And so just, you know, <laughs> a message to anyone out there listening, push yourself. I'm, I love it. I, I crave adrenaline and pushing myself and new weightlifting and pushing and training and all that stuff. But your body's also all you have and you have one of them. And so you can't sustain that effort if you're not taking care of it. And for me, I had to be reminded of that in a hard way. And so if we can prevent that, then we should. So you can maintain pushing and being that incredible athlete for a longer longevity than a short amount of time. Yeah, exactly. And, and it just, uh, you know, with your, your foot injury, um, when you emailed me that I was just like in my mind and I'm not, I'm not even at that level of athleticism, uh, (laughs) but I can only understand like, or I can only try to understand the idea of how many years you've trained. And again, you've shared that journey of gaining that weight that for you was a, uh, it's a hard journey. And, and all of that kind of flashed in my mind. And, um, and I kind of want to shift into kind of talking about how we were, we were discussing opening doors and such, but I, in that moment, you know, I didn't share any details. It's not my story to tell, but I've got a good group of, of accountability guys that are uh, guys and girls, um, from first form that we, uh, we share our, you know, macros and our progress and things like that, that we're doing, um, and our goals. But I just texted him. I was like, Hey, not going to share too many details, but someone at a really high level just got injured. If you know, and every single one of them is a person of faith. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just you know, I'm not going to provide details, but send out a prayer for for this person. Mm-hmm. And um, every single one of them was like, they they all because they were all athletes at one point could understand the uh, the pain in mm-hmm. some sort of way that you that you could be feeling at that time. So, with that being said. I don't talk a lot about faith mm-hmm. as much as I probably should, and I'll, I'm going to be getting into that more on the podcast, but it is a pillar. I do bring it up as often as stories uh, permit um, or conversations, but I, I kind of want to end on that note, uh, on faith. You yeah. brought it up as you're a faith-driven person, mm-hmm. and you feel that you know God has put these doors in front of you, and you. Mm-hmm. the other thing too and I know I'm going on all these different tangents, but the other thing too, is that you didn't just look at the door and say, Oh, that's nice. Thanks God. And then like turn the other way. Right. A lot of people do that as well. And you've recognized that you've got talents and skills that have been forged over, you know, your, your short life up to this point, um, that you can help benefit others. And you're taking that and you're putting action behind your faith. You're not just 
looking at it and saying, okay, thanks. And then turning the other way, but you're going through and pushing harder and harder. Um, what, I guess, where did faith start for you in your life? Mm -hmm. And, uh, have you struggled with it at all in your life? Yeah. So I was raised Catholic. Um, so I, I, I didn't like going to church. I went to church because I had to, I learned all the prayers. I memorized it. I sat there. I was like, this is boring. I hate this. Um, and I never fully understood or grasped faith because I never felt like I had an option to, I felt like it's something that you had to do. Um, and I quickly fell out of faith when I went to college. And I think that's what's happened to a lot of people, right? You're on your own, you make decisions for your own and that's what leads you. And I had two teammates in college that were extremely strong Christian women and they're my best friends. And you could always tell there was something different about them, the way they carried themselves, the kindness they displayed to every people, the kind of athletes they were, how they listened to you, how I was a freshman and they were upperclassmen and, and took me under their wing. And I'm like, why are you nice to me? Like it just, it never made sense to me. And I realized quickly in college, similar to the resume, I had everything you could possibly think of that you would want. I was starting as a freshman. I was um, 4.0 GPA. I had a full-time job. You know, I, everything that at the time as an 18 year old, you think that you wanted, I was going officer candidate school. I had summer lined up. Like uh, there wasn't arguably there's nothing I didn't have. I had a loving supportive family, best friends, everything. And I still felt like something was missing. And I was voicing that. I'm like, why do I feel like there's something else? What, what am I not achieving? Like, and in my head, I was like, well, if I keep getting more and more accolades that will fulfill me. And it never did. And so I just, you know, was talking to them one day about it. And they were like, how about you go to church? And I was like, yeah, I already tried this thing. I tried, I tried the God thing. It didn't really work out for me based off of my experiences. And they're like, well, just, just, just try it. And I finally gave in one day and I was like, all right, God, like I'll give you a shot again. You know, why not? And I went to church and it was non-denominational. Um, and it was just basically just reading out of the Bible and my life from that very moment changed forever. Um, I was probably the most stubborn, resistant person for it because I like to think at the time that I could do everything on my own. And the Lord quickly worked on my heart and really renewed me from the inside out. All of a sudden, the way I started talking, I don't curse anymore. I used to curse like a sailor. I know before the Marine Corps, I stopped cursing before the Marine Corps. Um, wow. So people look at me like I'm crazy, but you know, I, I'm very careful with my tongue. I, I dress differently. I started hanging out with my friends differently. I started having a different perception of, of, of the world and my whole life changed for it. And I will never look back from that day when the Lord decided to continue to give me, give me a chance. And I ended up being involved with fellowship of Christian athletes. Um, I ended up now, you know, working, um, with the pastor here with our team and, you know, making sure we're, we're doing Bible study and we're in the right frame of reference. But everything that I've had would not have been possible without God. There is no Riley without God. You know, he, he has given me and provided me everything. And I'll be the first to say, you know, how did, how did this happen? How are you an active duty Marine and a bobsledder? I say, God did. I, I did not do this. Like, and you know, and there's too many, what people want to call coincidences or too many easy access points that I'm like, the Lord opened doors and led me through them. Now, your second question, have I struggled with faith? Oh, Yes. Just because I make this argument to people and this is what people understand. My life has gotten harder since I gave my life to Christ in the sense of now I know my expectations. I know what's asked of me. 
I know and I hear his voice based off of reading and, and what the, like praying for my enemies, being content in all circumstances, not trying to do things on my own, walk in his stride, have patience, be kind and loving to all people, regardless of how they treat you, right? All of all of these things that I don't feel like it's a rule book. It's a, it's a way of life that I want to uphold, but also the challenges that I, that I faced, you know, and injuries and setbacks and you're not, you're not having me on the podcast because of how many times I failed, but there has been more times that I've failed than I've succeeded. And the Lord has taught me so much through the failure, through the hardships, through the adversity um, that I'm still trying to navigate. And I am not a perfect Christian. I do not have it figured out. And I praise God for the glory and mercy that he gives me and all of us every day. But I will tell you my life and why I have what I have. If, if anyone's like, well, what's the secret? It, it's your relationship with the Lord. And my relationship doesn't look like your relationship, doesn't look like the next one. It's not a religion. It's a relationship. And being able to give your life to Him and admitting that you're not in control and walking in stride with someone else is the most beautiful thing. And I just think of the Bible study we just had this week of, of talking about Matthew and, and Matthew chapter 11 when it talks about, you know, my, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And come all come to me who are who are weary and bird and full of burdens that need rest. And that's what he's given me. You know, through this injury, through all these things, sometimes I feel like I'm losing my mind and I have to realize I'm not the one in control and I work in strides and then I meet other brothers and sisters that are the most encouraging, kind, loving individuals that I couldn't do life without either. So I praise God for this community. Um, you know, just encouragement. I'm so glad we get to talk about faith. I think it's something that people shouldn't be turned off to um, in the sense of like, if you're not a believer, that's okay. I'm not going to look at you any differently. I'm not going to try to force my beliefs on you. I just want you to know what makes me me just as I want to know what makes you you. And I think there needs to be conversations to this day of it's not about proving right or wrong. It's about actually listening and just listening to understand. And exactly. in my travels, you know, I've, I've lived in Kyrgyzstan in the Middle East with a, with a Muslim family. I'm just like, Hey, just teach me like, what do you, what values, what drives you guys? Okay. Well, can, can I share mine as well? Um, cause I want to understand each other. I'm not trying to change. I'm just trying to throw it out there. And I, I just really think to, um, this world is broken. It's full of hardship. It's full of adversity that will never change. Um, being a Christian doesn't make that any easier, but it's given me purpose and understanding and peace, regardless of the chaos that's going around me. So if anyone's listening, you know, we're two resources that we just want to love on you. We want to pray for you. Mm -hmm. um, very rarely do people say no to prayer because what's the worst that happens, right? Like you don't even know we have, we're doing it. Um, <laughs> but yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with you on that. And uh, just to kind of wrap up there, I, I don't know if you've heard the, the story of uh, the man that had a dream. Um, and I, I'm going to, paraphrase here but basically it was walking along the beach uh with christ have you heard this story i think so okay so he's walking along the beach with christ they're just reviewing his his life and he's going through his different stages and then they get to a spot where there's only two sets of footprints instead or mm -hmm. one set of footprints instead of two and that happened to be at the guy's worst moments of his life and the guy says you know why did you leave me during these times and Christ looks at him and he just says, I was carrying you. Mm -hmm. Those are my footsteps. And so 
I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. And some people, it takes them getting to wrong, like to, to rock bottom before they find Christ. And for other people, high achievers like yourself, you can feel unfulfilled when you've achieved everything and, and there's still going to be that gap there. So, um, I appreciate you sharing that. That's something that, um, you know, I talk about, I never shy away from, but it's not everyone's favorite topic, you know, and I'm not a religious podcast, but, uh, I absolutely firmly believe that God opens doors for us. And so hopefully everything goes well, um, with your recovery and, uh, and we'll be seeing you competing in 2026. That's the goal, right? So with that being said, um, is there anything else you want to leave with the, the audience before we end this? Yeah, no, I just always end with this. Thank you guys for giving me a platform to just share my story. Thank you for listening. Um, and I always make myself available. Um, I do have to put a small disclaimer. I am only on Instagram and there's only one Instagram account. So if you go to it, um, Riley.tjack, you will find me. Um, I would love for you guys to follow along with my story. And if any of you guys have any questions, that's the best way to contact me, DM me, email me. Um, I actually always respond as long as it's appropriate. Um, so please reach out. Um, I would love to continue to answer any questions that you guys may or may not have. Or just uh, if you guys liked it, let me know. That'd be cool. I'll let Jonathan know. You know, either one of us, oh, yeah. that'd be awesome. But um, we're yeah. here for you and we appreciate you guys listening. Um, and thank you for allowing us to have a space to do that. Of course. And thank you for, for coming on. And I do want to just say too, I do know that people like yourself that achieve a lot, there's a reason why I, I brought you on. It's not just because flashy success. <laughs> I know there's failures behind. I may not know all the failures, but I do know that to get to the level of success that you've got, there's been failures that you've had to pick yourself up from. So I may not know them all, but I do know that they're there. So uh, that's definitely a big reason why I wanted you on. So thank you for sharing your story. Again, looking forward to your future and seeing how you compete. And then uh, once you guys win the gold in 2026, we're going to bring you back on so you can show that that shiny <laughs> gold medal Deal. off. Uh, Deal. Yeah. But uh, thanks so much, guys. I'm going to leave the links down below so you can go find Riley and follow along with her journey. Reach out to her uh, with any questions you may have. And uh, again, thanks so much for tuning in. And like I always say, guys, get out, live your life, and love it. All right. That was an outstanding conversation there. I'm really stoked to share her story with you guys. And I'm glad that you've tuned in and listened to that story because you can apply so many of these aspects to your own lives as you go throughout your journey. As we're wrapping up the year 2023 and heading into 2024, we all have fitness journeys that we're on, whether that be maintaining, whether that be gaining muscle, whether that be losing fat, whatever it is, I highly recommend that you check out the First Form app where you can get training, you get one-on-one -on -one coaching with someone at headquarters. If you're into the outdoors, you get the outdoor-specific workouts as well. If you don't have a gym at home, that's fine. There's plenty of opportunities and training options that you can pick on the first form app highly recommend checking that out guys the link is down below let me know if you have any questions always feel free to reach out to me and on top of that as we continue to grow i ask that you leave a review on the show wherever it is that you're listening spotify apple leave a one word review leave those stars really appreciate it guys if you have any feedback for me definitely want to hear that as well if you haven't also go tune in on the youtube channel go subscribe to the channel leave a comment, check it out where you get to see face to face as, uh, as I have conversations with people and also the gear reviews are even better on YouTube. So go check it out. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope you have an amazing 
rest of your day. Welcome to December, last month of the year. Let's make the most of it. And of course, get out, live your life, and love it.